gang. Welcome to episode 89 of the No Persinium podcast, your guide to immersive entertainment, brought to you by listeners like you. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the San Francisco Bay Area this time. More on why I'm up here in a moment, but first, this week's episode, we've got director Jorg Karrenbauer, who is of the group Remini Protocol. I got that right. Pretty sure I got that right. Uh, they're a group out of Germany who have brought their uh, kind of globe-trotting piece, Remote X, to Los Angeles. So this one's Remote Los Angeles, and it is making its debut in L.A. this weekend at the Center Theater Group in downtown. Uh, this is a pretty big deal for L.A. because uh, this is an internationally recognized theater company is bringing a piece of interactive, immersive theater to the biggest producer of theater in town, that being CTG. So more on the show at a full setup in a moment. But first, I want to do what you're always looking for me to do, the news and notes. Um, We're going to start off with the stuff that's coming out of No Persinium right now, because this has been a pretty busy week for us. And uh, it's not letting up anytime soon. So first off, this weekend, you're going to see a new L.A. and a new New York edition uh, coming from myself and Zay, respectfully. Respectively? Respectfully? Eh, kind of respectfully. Look, it's late, guys. It's late on Thursday. It's been a long day. Um, there's also a bunch of stuff at the Medium Collection right now that I want to direct your attention to. The first up um, is a, a brand new type of... Uh, series we're doing, um, well, a brand new series we're doing. It's a new type of, of piece. I call it uh, Make a Night of It. And this one's focused on the Kansas collection, which is from the Speakeasy Society, because they just announced the third chapter of the Kansas collection, and it's sold out like that. So I'm sorry. There, there is almost certainly going to be an extension, definitely going to be a remount, because um, they're keeping this uh, episodic thing going. But there were still slots available for the remounts of chapter one and chapter two. And the thing about these pieces is that they're, they're shorter. They're 15, they're 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes long. And you go and you, for some of them, you and a friend go, or maybe even you and a small group of friends go, and you might've come a long distance. Uh, You might be coming from, you know, whether it's a different part of town or you're coming from out of the county, or there are people who come from up here in the Bay Area down to see the show, and we love that. And what I I wanted to do was to sort of give everyone a guide to what else they can do in those neighborhoods. So Make a Night of It Kansas Collection features dining and drinking options for you to make a night of it when you go out to the Speakeasy Society shows. Um, these are my personal recommendations, along with some other, like, you know, knowledge I have from talking to people and doing the basic research. Uh, whenever possible, I try and, and bring, you know, my own personal uh, insight to it, just because I don't want to send you off somewhere that, you know, I'm not going to, you know, back fully. I mean, that's that's all point here. Um, we will make more of these, because I'm realizing they're valuable, particularly... Uh, if you're trying to talk a friend into doing this weird immersive stuff and they're like, but I don't know about it. These are designed so you can say, look, you can go do this thing. Then you can go check out this bar or check out this restaurant. It comes recommended. Uh, you can you can make a night of it. 
I, I keep saying the name of it because it's simple. And I find it kind of ridiculous. And I was going, like, what am I going to call this thing? It's like, well, and then there you go. Because you get it, right? Don't need to say more about that. More at the Medium Collection, which is medium.com slash no dash persinium, by the way. Um, opening in LA this weekend uh, is C for Covell. We've got our preview review type thing. I saw a rehearsal, so it's not really a full review. But our notes from the rehearsal that we saw, that went up this week for Any Lesser's new show. Uh, also, um, a, a review of Neuro Society, which is uh, a David Byrne piece, a David Byrne collaboration that's up here in the Bay Area. Uh, our friend Martin, uh, who's a fantastic designer and is going to be uh, one of the a guest on the show relatively soon, um, he wrote that up for us, and that's out on the site. And um, by the time this airs, there should be a second Make a Night of It up and running. I don't want to say what it is yet. But go take a look at it. Um, it is for another upcoming show, and I've got a, I've got more than one planned out already. So um, look for those other stuff that's happening in Los Angeles. Since I'm talking about it, hey, don't forget, fear is what we learned here is showing up on March 25th and 26th in Midtown. That's uh, Screenshot Productions bringing down the remount, the re-envisioning that they did in San Francisco of the show remounted in los angeles great opportunity just two nights uh to get yourself on board that i'm looking forward to checking out myself coming up in april uh along with that speakeasy society show which is already sold out um knots and i don't talk about that all that often knots has a new virtual reality experience which they're putting in at ghost town and it's going to be like a free roam virtual reality experience. I don't know what exactly they mean by free realm. I'm just going to admit that right there. Uh, it implies to me that you're not tethered, uh, which maybe means you're wearing a computer backpack, but I don't know if that means you're walking around all of Ghost Town or you're just in a room. So this would get real interesting real quick because we could be walking around Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> I have to cough. It's so ridiculous. Uh, with people who are wearing virtual reality helmets. And, and I shouldn't laugh because I love this stuff, but that image is very striking to me and makes me just, I'm really curious how this is working out. So I want to see what this is in April. Uh, and indeed, uh, you know, getting me, getting me uh, excited about what's happening at Knott's Berry Farm, which uh, to be perfectly honest, the last time I was really excited about Knott's Berry Farm was when they got Camp Snoopy when I was a kid. And I was ecstatic about that. So let's just be let's be very clear here where my priorities lie. Um, there was Snoopy. San Francisco. I'm here right now. Uh, I'm going to be checking out the Speakeasy this weekend. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm up here. Uh, and we're due to have not just one but two write-ups on the Speakeasy SF. This is different from the Speakeasy Society, which is down in Los Angeles. This is the Speakeasy, which is a show put on by Boxcar Theater up here. It's kind of almost like a whole nightclub thing. Really curious about it. Have been for a very long time. Excited that I finally get to check it out. And of course, I'll be offering up my notes to everyone um, as soon as, um, you know, I drive back down and I settle down and I do my taxes. So, um, and that's the weekly overshare. Um, so don't ex what I'm saying is don't expect it like before Thursday next week. 
that's when you're liable to see something. Also, don't come knocking on my door and say, where is it? It's Thursday. Uh-uh, no, because then it'll just be next Thursday, because that's how this works. Um, before we move on completely, um, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Um, We are entering into a very critical period here because, um, and I say this all the time, we're, we're so close to hitting the cap, and we're, we're on... MailChimp. And now, like, you know, all my fingers and all my toes. And then we're at the cap. So this is a perfect time to join our campaign to 100 backers. 49 down, 51 to go. We're just looking for $1 backers right now. So if 51 of you listen to the show, come in at the $1 level, boom, that's, that's the MailChimp fees all right there. We'll definitely... When it crosses the line, we'll we'll have it recovered. So don't start freaking out now. But like, what do you mean you can stop the newsletter? Um, but the more of a cushion we have means the more uh, we can do with the newsletters, the podcasts, and beyond, and just keep on working this evangelical thing we've got going on with immersive, because um, some stuff <laughs> costs money. Um, shock. Uh, this is going to be a simple hobby, and now it's like my life. All right. Um, now for why I'm up in the Bay Area. I didn't want to tell you guys why I was coming up here or what was going on, because I didn't want to jinx it. So until I had it recorded, until it was on tape, until it was locked away in a vault. Um, it's not locked away in a vault. I should probably do that. Wednesday of this week... I went to the Presidio to One Letterman Drive, which is where Lucasfilm is. And I met Vicki Dobbs Beck, who is the executive in charge of Lucasfilm's X-Lab. The X-Lab is where they are building the future of entertainment. This is the lab that deals with immersive technologies. This is from whence Trials on Tatooine came. This is the cutting-edge space. And I wanted to go there to talk to Vicky about her vision of what Immersive on coming out of Lucasfilm with the digital and, and beyond is. Um, you're not going to be disappointed by this conversation, I don't think, um, we're not, we're not, this is not going to be like a product listing of this is all the stuff they're making. This is about the vision. This is about the future. Um, and I am so happy that I get to bring this to you. And I really want all of you listening when it comes out, I want you to share this with folks. Uh, and I want you to share it with, uh, the folks who are like you know into VR and and looking forward to that because we're at this inflection point where immersive as a whole uh, is really starting to break through and the 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 Lucasfilm name being attached to that episode I think is going to do a lot to get eyes on our weird end of the spectrum because uh, Vicky hasn't done a podcast yet um, this is this is her first podcast will be our show next week. So this is it. This is the big moment. Uh, this is when I call in my favors and say, um, next week, I want you telling everyone about the show. 
um, cause you know, I know you're there for us. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. All right. Now we still have an episode this week and the episode this week is one of our great wonky episodes. Um, Jorg and I, we, we met for the first time right before the interview. Uh, it was right after a rehearsal for remote Los Angeles. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Marika Splint had been at that, in, uh, rehearsal, uh, cause Marika, you can go back into earlier. Um, you know, she's, she's worked in the interactive space, working this kind of headphone, uh, you know, theater angle that's going on. Um, I want to describe to you what remote Los Angeles is because we were pressed for time and I kind of like went as I often do right into like the wonky stuff and we didn't actually describe the show. So um, remote X, which is their whole project of which remote Los Angeles is uh, the LA edition of it. It's a narrative experience that takes the audience through the city, um, turning them into both observer and observed and this is done by the audience wearing headphones and through the headphones they're given instructions on where to go uh they're given the narrative that way and they start to become part of the narrative i've been lucky enough to see a couple of pieces like this um they're incredibly compelling um it's it's very it's it's this kind of creates this like ethereal kind of layer of reality gets sort of invented slash revealed while you're under the headphones and you're operating in a group and the group is both the audience and the performers that's exactly what remote x does and we're all very lucky that it's getting this nice run at center theater group uh starting like i said starting this weekend um i believe saturday the 11th is the first um, instance of the show and it is running through April. Um, and it's, it's completely reasonably priced. Um, this is not going to, it's not going to break your bank to go and check it out. So it's got to run from the 12th to April 2nd. Uh, there are still tickets available and, I'm I'm looking forward to when I get a chance to catch it when I get to squeeze it into the crazy crazy schedule that I have. Um, this interview is one of our quicker ones uh, because we were kind of like pushed in for time, uh, and Jorg is a, is a really really smart cat. Uh, we start off by talking about uh, documentary theater, which is one of the things that uh, Rimini Protocol does, uh, and uh, then sort of segue into kind of abruptly because I'm being an idiot uh and 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 it was like oh I thought this was documentary theater and and we we jump in yeah I'll cop to it when I get it wrong I get it wrong um we we jump into the process on remote Los Angeles so uh hope you enjoy the show and I'll see you after the interview started um look it's it's very we always stumble in one way or another so um let's start let's start i guess with the show let's start with remote la um if people if when people come to check it out what what is it that they're going to encounter 
He doesn't have to be exactly. Uh, I don't want you to spoil the whole thing. But but this is definitely this is not something where they're going to come to the Amundsen and and sit down and observe a show. This is this is a different beast altogether. No. This performance will definitely be be different uh, as it takes the people out of the theater and uh, make them uh, walk as a group of uh, 50 people, maximum 50 people, uh, make them walk for around maybe 100 minutes uh, guided by an artificial voice. They listen to wire headphones uh, through the city, walking, walking through Los Angeles. Um, and the people are... Yeah, actors and spectators at the same time. That makes it probably quite different from um, other performances where you sit and watch Now, what do you the mean, actors on stage. What do you mean by, by actors? Because I know some people, it's, it's something we kind of encounter when we talk about a, a interactive theater. Sometimes people think like, oh, yeah, that doesn't mean you're going like to drag me out of the, the show and... and And, and, and put me on stage. Is, is, is it something similar to that or is this... It's actually not. It's a little bit like a, like a guided tour for, for visitors. Yeah. So you notice people walking around in groups wearing headphones and one guy is walking ahead speaking in a microphone and all the other people in the group can follow the descriptions of the city, the, the historic informations they, they are given. Um, so from the feeling it's a little bit like that you walk in a group together with other people uh, and you follow the instructions um, that gives you directions and maybe some uh, some refers to what you experience actually at the moment um, but but you are part of this group as a member of the audience um, but there are no actors involved so you're just walking through the city and you asked to um, enter certain venues or look into certain directions and um, so you are yeah that's what I mean when I say you are the actor uh, and the and the and the audience member the spectator at the same at the same time because there is no one no one else to to look at than uh, either your your neighbor in in the group or the group itself or um, look at the city The work that Rimini Protocol has done has often been called documentary theater. Uh, I wonder if you could, is that a label that you um, accept, revel in? Uh, uh, and, and, and if so, what, what is it, what is, I guess maybe the better way to ask that is like, what does that mean to you, documentary theater? Or, or is it something that you avoid? Um, It was given to us by uh, as a kind of label, and it's it's also um, understandable how it comes because it actually means that uh, our our pieces or a lot of our pieces are not based on 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 plays on on uh, scripts, uh, not on scripts, but but on on regular plays, but uh, based on on interviews or on uh, hmm. some kind of research that that we do more like a journalist. So we are, we are researching for a certain subject and we do interviews with people and so on. And out of that create uh, a script that is the basis for, for our piece, for, for a certain project. Um, and on top of that, most of the time, we don't work, work with actors, but we ask the people 
uh, that we do interviews with or that we that we find in our during our research to to come on stage themselves hmm. so to to talk about their own their own stories so we are not looking for uh, a story and then bring it back to the theater in terms that an actor is pretending to be this person um, we ask the person straight right. to come on stage and and tell about how, how do you wind up working in that fashion um, was did were, were members of your group journalists who did, wanted to make theater or was there was there sort of one one point that sort of unlocked that way of working Actually, they all studied uh, uh, theater at the university. Um, for sure, there is a journalistic uh, interest behind behind it. But um, I think basically it's it's about um, being interested in some kind of of blind spots or of. Um, the people behind the figures in the newspaper, the human story behind behind the big the stories, the big figures, and the big the big events, and to see what what does it mean if I don't know traffic of trucks uh, or the traffic of trafficking actually of goods, not trafficking maybe means something different. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the transportation of goods worldwide has increased, for example, since I don't know whatever this globalization thing started. Yeah, and the one question could be or was for a certain project. Who are these people that transport our goods from, if we say our goods, I mean at that moment from, from a European point of view, transporting tires from Greek to Portugal or fish from Spain to Norway or whatever, clothes from uh, Portu from, from Poland to, to, to Germany and whatever. So. Um, for example, the number of truck drivers increased over the last decade so much, and we we, we thought, okay, what, how's how's the life of a truck driver? How how is it um, crossing uh, borders all over Europe for a month, not seeing the family, sleeping in the truck, uh, eating on parking spaces, and so on? So uh, we created a piece about that in in just. Um, Ooh, cheers. <laughs> And I threw my shoulder out when I did that too. That's fascinating. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, truck drivers not seeing their family, eating eating in the parking spots, sleeping in the truck. That's where we were. Yeah. So, yeah, we try try to approach the themes like like that and and um, focus on um, yeah on on. Um, Well, it feels it feels like it's a it's a work of that one sounds almost like uh, ethno ethnographical work, you know, digging down on uh, like an anthropological level. So a little bit of journalism, a little bit of ethnography, and and a lot of a lot of curiosity. It's about curiosity for for human beings. So it's not about so much curiosity for certain issues, for certain subjects. So it's not about oh my god, we have a biggest, I don't know, number of weapons and how uh, does it influence uh, the politics or or whatever this kind of stuff. It's more about who are these people behind behind all these all these figures. So it always starts, or most of the time, our project starts with, with, with meeting people, with doing interviews, with mm -hmm. talking, with talking to people. Um, and then we try to, to 
yeah scripted in a way um, to organize it and at that point it becomes uh, critical in terms of calling it a hundred percent documentary theater because documentary uh, in my opinion is uh, tries to get as close as possible to the truth <laughs> to the factual truth and that's not always what we do so it's uh, it's also um, manipulating uh, a story of 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 of, of person or uh, yeah creating it in a way so so that it becomes a certain uh, that that a, a dramaturgy exists behind it that, that that the person can can also follow it itself so at that point we are always a little bit not so uh, um, happy with just this kind of uh, label documentary theater as it means at least something different if you compare it with the documentary movies for right. example um, which have a different approach to to their issues and sometimes i mean i know with documentary films there was one i watched recently and like i i, I could see the the core interest of of the the maker and where they were going and then I also know some stuff like outside of that of the story they were telling and so uh, it's it's always fascinating to me that no matter what uh, you know it even even the news as someone who makes you know, does the news something's always being left out the story a story is incomplete it's not it's it's not the experience in itself, but the closer you can get to some kind of um, whether it's a, a factual truth or an emotional truth, that that's the compass point that sort of leads leads the maker of this material forward. Um, when you, your your process here, I, um, I'm curious what you've sort of learned about LA. I'm actually first I'm curious like how long how long ago did the process for building this one remote LA Los Angeles. How long did that begin? Uh, how long ago did that begin? So I came here first time for a year ago, uh, for five days or something, and started the research with uh, colleagues here from from the theater um, to find the the route, to find the trace for the for the, for the performance. So um, that all started a year ago, and during that time or since that time. Um, they followed a lot of. Uh, they they tried to organize a lot of permissions uh, on to 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 certain spots or venues or inform the city about certain uh, activities that we plan on the on the tour and so on. So it's it's almost like you. So that means you were working on both the route and the the narrative research to sort of define the route at the same time. So it was a parallel development there, or or, or had you collected all the stories? Yeah, it, it, there's like a chicken and the egg kind of question here. Was it the interviews driving the route, or was it the yeah. route driving the interview, or a little both? No, we speak about two different things. We sp yeah. speak about one thing that is our 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 regular or our a way that we often, quite often, work mm -hmm. uh, this kind of documentary style, uh, interview-based uh, um, performances or projects. But um, Remote X is one of the few examples that is not. Uh, based on interviews or any kind of documentary stuff at all. Okay. <laughs> so Remote X is really like uh, a fictional um, play that uh, that we developed uh, our ourselves. And um, what was the first time you guys did it? 
the first time it was done in Berlin, mm -hmm. uh, 2013. So, and um, it, it actually started out of the idea that so many pe there are so many audio plays, so many artists working with, with, with this kind of audio uh, guiding, guiding people, uh, yeah, bringing them into immersive situations and so on. And uh, so what we thought is on the one hand, um, we, we haven't had a uh, performance, we haven't seen a performance until that point where you are not doing it on your own, but together with other people. So normally <coughs> you, you just like in a museum or whatever, you, or you, you just get a device, you take a headphone, you get your mobile or whatever kind of device, and you do this guide, kind of audio guided tours more or less most of the time on your own. So because you are anyway isolated under your headphone. Um, and we were thinking, okay, what's happening uh, if we bring more people uh, together on, on, on the tour and to actually focus a lot on this experience itself. So to walk as a group that is being guided by an artificial voice like a GPS system uh, and has been told a certain story at the same time. But the story is not based on historical facts about the city. It is not uh, based on on any kind of touristic information we give to the to the people. It's not even based on a research about the mm. history or the political situation or the whatever kind of situation of Los Angeles. It's um, actually just um, trying to understand how the city function uh, in general. Um, it's referring to let's say a gps system or any kind of of um, uh, electronic device that is pretending to help us through our everyday life mm. uh, and in order to make that happen uh, these kind of devices or companies that produce these devices um, they have to gather big data about human behavior uh, and for that they have to figure out how predictable we already are. Mm. Because all these devices don't work with artificial intelligence. There is no, no artificial intelligence behind it. It's just um, how do humans normally behave in what situation. Right. And um, that starts with just GPS systems that tell you when there is a bridge and when there is a crossroad and what to do and where to go. And maybe it ends, um, not even ends, but there is a point where um, certain devices will tell you in the future, or maybe already now, uh, when to rest, when to drink, when when you, uh, um, yeah, when you cannot focus anymore, when you should have uh, a, a short nap, and and what to eat, and uh, what's good for you in in every time, uh, in in every situation throughout the day. And all these things are not, um, yeah, it's not about artificial intelligence. It's it's just big data, so to say. Right. And the whole project is actually um, dealing in a hopefully quite playful uh, manner with how predictable humans are and especially humans in cities have to be in order to make a city function. So there has oh, to yeah. be some deals about that. If you see a red light, you stop. Right. 
uh, it starts with that and there are so many other rules and and um, habits that you are used to how close do you pass by other people in order not to get too close there is uh, there is a certain limit uh, yeah things like that yeah. that that you follow all the time and lots of them you don't realize anymore others you you're you're dealing with uh, all the time but there are so many things that um you just follow throughout your day without thinking of it mm. and uh, this project is a little bit not a little bit this project is is dealing with this kind of of um behavior that that uh, makes makes your that makes a city work actually a city function so, so in, in in a lot of ways the the project as a whole has a thesis about you know the, the approach and, and, and looking at the data and looking at the the, the points um you've done it in, in different cities now do you find do you find sort of in in those functions with the different cities like the sort of the the speed and the tenor and that like different cities have like for lack of a better term like uh, different souls like are there things that you wind up finding yourself changing not just like the route itself but like in the in the nature of the of the show because this is something I'm really interested in like the, when I first started traveling to other towns or other cities than the one that I grew up in I would notice like the pace at which people walked in the street was was different like Seattle is different from San Francisco San Francisco is different from Los Angeles New York etc etc um You can even start to tell when someone uh, has been somewhere a very long time. I remember the first time I was back in New York for, for, for in years, I was there with a friend who had spent 10 years in Beijing. And we walked around together. We walked around together so fast for the first couple days. And then he he was had other things to do, and I was walking around by myself. And I found out that New York was way slower than Beijing, because suddenly I was walking at New York pace. I was like, wait, this I can do. Beijing is fast, though, because Adam's been in Beijing for 10 years. Um, so, so things like that. Is do you discover those as you take the show from place to place? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's an element that we are always curious about. Yeah. Uh, are there certain certain habits or or, or, or uh, ways to uh, how how people act in in a city? It's exactly what you say. That sometimes people in a in a, in one country from one city to another have different habits yeah um, it also depends on the architecture of the city if you talk about New York for example most of the metro stations there the subway stations uh, are definitely not made for this masses of people I mean you can hardly pass by a single person getting out or in uh, the metro station in, yeah. in in central Manhattan whatever so there you see it's not really made for for this amount of people uh, as, as all these uh, entrances are so so narrow and so on um, and yeah if you then look at, at Los Angeles where you have a very nice and clean and tidy uh, metro system that no one is using <laughs> but it's massive you yeah. go down there and it's so huge and it's all yeah. brand new at least the stations I saw yeah. and it's made for so much more people uh, yeah. maybe coming up in the future but at the moment everything is empty down there yeah um, and so this this kind of, of um, differences uh, and uh, maybe typical situations for for certain cities we try to to uh, implement in the text and refer to. Other than uh, the, the the difference in the, in the metro, what what have you discovered about the the sort of the rhythm of Los Angeles? 
uh, in this development process uh, that, that stood out to you? Is there anything that particularly strikes you? Um, We've done it so many times in in, uh, in in Europe and we always been warned when it comes to Asia or the US and people say, people are not used to walk here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's always like, especially we, we did it in the US, for example, in Rochester and mm. in uh, Miami and in Houston and now it's coming to LA. And uh, all these cities are car-based cities. It's uh, everyone is driving a car. Yeah. So the first, the first challenge is um, how, how to get the people to 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 join this performance at all. Right. <laughs> and uh, and then to to refer to this, uh, yeah, to this habit of obviously to to do everything by car. And now we are doing a project that is based on or that asks the people to walk for, for 100 minutes, uh, more or less. And um, so you, you can say it's much more an issue here to, to make the people uh, walk in a, in a performance like that, in a, in a, in a project like that. Um, then you would refer to it, for example, in, in Europe. Yeah. So, I although I think there's also there's a there's a reverse to that in that I think there's a re increasing desire here with folks that they they want to they want to experience the the ground level here. The, the downtown LA has changed a lot in the past twenty years, and and it's almost like accelerating through its changes. And you can you can go from like one end of Broadway to the other now, and and, and encounter a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, I often like to say that LA isn't one city; it's it's two hundred cities stacked on top of each other, happening in real time. And you can definitely get that sense in in DTLA. Um, and then there's this, um, and then there's a real. I know, in like in, in our immersive scene, there's a real desire to like go somewhere you haven't been before like this this desire to explore and this need to get out of mediated situations and sort of be in the real world right now um or, or be able to see physical space in a way that you're, you're not normally looking at it just something that can just kind of shove you out of your usual way of observing things that's what almost everyone who's into this nutty podcast is, is looking for um but I think that's actually very easy. I mean, and it's not even a very particular uh, uh, Los Angeles thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's more or less everywhere the same that you are used to follow your where you where you have to go. You you stay in your in your area. You stay in your community. You you tend to stay in certain areas maybe, but not not all over the city. Definitely not. And yeah. even if you are focusing on just. Uh, a very small part of the city that you might live in and maybe also work in and so on. There are so many uh, angles and, and corners that you have never looked at. Uh, also, you pass it every day. So um, it's not that we are looking for uh, very unknown, especially unknown or, or crazy places. It's um, it's just so easy to, to uh, make... To, to create a new angle on, on very public uh, spaces or, or just to stop somewhere where, where you never stop, you would never stop because there is no reason to stop, or you 
were not allowed to cross certain I don't know backyards or whatever so it's it's all there but it's not like that we are looking for um, the extraordinary uh, um, sites or, or, or venues um, it's just creating a certain um, let's say um, atmosphere or or um, yeah that that create that that enables you to see the theatrical moments in everyday life or to see uh, uh, certain venues architecture spots from a certain a certain angle that that you never just looked at and um, and that's that's it so but but it can be done in every city it happens everywhere that that you are just not you're looking straight forward if you sit in the car you don't you never look left or you never oh, I know. <laughs> uh, look over a fence or whatever that you pass every day so it's 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 also just about that and and not not about this looking for or doing a lot of uh, intensive research on 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 the very unknown underground of a city yeah it makes me think of um but the Dadaist or the Situationist, I can't remember, uh, the Derivé, the idea of me making, it's, 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 it's a matter of making the everyday strange, just like going into the city until like the things that, and you just keep going and walking around until until the, that which is totally mundane becomes odd. And all, I've managed to experience that like in, here in Hollywood or even in, in DTLA and, um, you know, you start, it, it becomes almost like this weird, almost magical practice just through the mundane things. Like you're walking by, you know, and there's a piece of neon and a couple of things are knocked out and so it makes a different statement and somehow that statement seems profound. And it's not like you're looking, it's not a matter of, oh, someone purposely, you know, is trying to make something wondrous here. It's just that accident or just stopping through and suddenly, you know, becoming aware of, you know how old a section of town is based on like what the manhole covers look like, and and I don't know. I I've, I've always thought that sort of urban exploration at that kind of fine grain. Um, so sounds like sounds like the project is up up my alley, if, if nothing else. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's about creating also just frames, you know, to yeah. to focus on things, to 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 look at things or to think about certain things, uh, but. Yeah, that's it. All right. That's a good place to stop. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Yes, I hope you can make something out of it. <laughs> oh, oh, we will. Don't worry about it that. It was not, not very much to the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, the, show, the, show, the show never is. So. Good, good. Right. Then, then, it, then it's okay. Once again, want to thank Jorg Karrenbauer of Rimini Protocol for being our guest on the show today and for the folks at Center Theatre Group for setting this up and for letting us record uh, in their offices. You can follow Center Theatre Group on Twitter at CTGLA. And uh, if you go to centertheatergroup.org, go to the tickets, you can get tickets for Remote LA March 12th through April 2nd, downtown Los Angeles, that's the jumping off point for the show. That is our show. Um, how to get a hold of us. 
Um, you can uh, contact us, uh, visit the website, nopersinium.com. You can find us on Twitter, at nopersinium. You can find this moron, at Noah J. Nelson, on Twitter. Um, if you want to email us, now you email us, noah at nopersinium.com. Just got a heck of a lot easier uh, dealing with us that way. Uh, if you want to support the show, uh, we've got this campaign. We want to get 100 backers and show off the breadth of support. Just looking for a dollar from everybody right now. If you can give more each month, that's fantastic. But we're driving that number of, of backers up. Patreon.com slash nopersinium. The Medium collection going really strong right now. Going to keep on bringing that to you. Medium.com slash no-persinium. Um, if you're in San Francisco on March 10th and uh, you're going to the speakeasy, uh, look for the uh, ridiculously bearded man. Um, that may not help, uh, but <laughs> one of them is me. One of them is me. Next week, Vicky Dobbs Beck of Lucasfilm's X Lab. Um, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so looking forward to bringing that episode to you guys. And until then, I'll see you at the show. 